When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. From Learfield in the south end zone of Kyle Field, this is Studio 12. And the fight in Texas Aggies take down the top ranked tide. Just tomahawked it home. Olsen Magic does it. Live on in the reuniting of the rivalry. 15 strikeouts. What a performance. On the Texas A&M Sports Network, this is Studio 12. Well, the weekend's almost here, and we're taking you a little bit closer to it. It's Will, Tyler, and Matt. Will Johnson, Tyler Pig, Matt Simon. On this edition of Studio 12, the Friday edition, and Aggie basketball is what's going to have you excited for the weekend. They'll play at South Carolina tomorrow, 5 o'clock Central, 4.30, is the Dos Equis tip-off show with Andrew Monaco and Dr. John Thornton. A little bit later, you're going to hear those guys talk with Buzz Williams after the Aggies win on Wednesday night against Missouri uh, at Reed Arena. Some would say it's pronounced Missouri. Missouri. I guess that's right. Okay. I thought you had to be from there to say it like that. That I don't know. I mean, are you are you overstepping your bounds here? You're not uh, a you're not a Missouri in. No, I'm from the other side of the Sabine. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sabine. <laughs> uh, but the Aggies will take it over to Colum- – well, they beat the team from Columbia here. Yep. And now they'll go to Columbia, the other one. Yeah, the Eastern Times in yeah, Columbia. Trying for the sweep. Not Como. Yeah, yeah, the Columbia sweep. So, uh, Aggies and Gamecocks tomorrow, 5 o'clock. But, look, it's five straight wins. It's 3-0 and in the SEC. That's why I say, I mean, they've got you excited about the weekend. Uh, the way this team is playing now. Yeah, I thought uh, Tuesday night, the, the way that uh, 
I thought the first 20 minutes were really good. We all agree probably the first eight minutes of the second half, not so great. And then how they responded in the last 12 minutes, really good. So um, kind of had us on our uh, on our edge of our seats there to, to start the second half when how Missouri closed. But I, I really thought the way Wade Taylor played in the second half with a lot of composure helped and the way that team has been – this team's been connected defensively during this five-game win streak has um, put them in a really good spot. Now 3-0 in the league and go into a team in South Carolina who – somehow some way knocked off Kentucky the other night I don't know if you guys watched the end of that one before our game but um, they got a chance to go 4-0 and, and continue this hot start mm-hmm. yeah it, it, we talked about this well on Wednesday where every time this team even with Tennessee and Alabama because those games are here every time this team steps on the floor this year they're going to have a chance to win the game which to me is is if uh, you want to be sort of a uh, not very aggressive fan in a, in a way like that's all I ask for is like at least that I can I can put my team out on the floor and have a chance to win the game if we play pretty well and we saw uh, Wednesday they played mostly well you know they had the one little stretch but they didn't panic you know you're watching the game I was at home watching the game and I'm like oh man don't let these guys back into the game and they'd cut it to four and there was still a ton of time left and then I looked down I looked up again and we we're up 12 again so um, I like the way this team plays. I like the fight they have. You know, will they win every game the rest of the way? We'll see. But I do love the opportunity that they have in front of them to make some uh, serious noise. And, you know, where I think you had, uh, you know, this is why they say it's a marathon, not a sprint. You had dug yourself a big hole, I think, from strictly an NCAA tournament standpoint after um, non-conference. But if you can pick off these teams in SEC play, work your way up those standings and the higher you finish in the standings because you're in the SEC you're going to put yourself in a great great position that being said well that comes with winning games like Saturday uh, against South Carolina yeah and we also talked about on Wednesday how the league is so jumbled right now you have two top fives with Alabama and Tennessee yep. and uh, you mentioned it on a previous show the Aggies don't have to worry about those guys till March. way later on yeah th- those are late games so but after that, I mean, it's 12 teams that I don't know if a whole lot separates. Yeah, you know, I, I was curious to see Missouri just with the style that Dennis Gates has brought there from Cleveland State. They've got a lot of transfers. They play up tempo. And I really was a little concerned early with how well Missouri was playing at their tempo and pace. They, they take a lot of shots. They average like 88 points a game. Our good buddy Thomas Dick, though, wrote a good feature, though, on 12thman.com about how well the Aggies rebounded. Yeah, he'll join us later. <laughs> they, uh, how well the A&M uh, rebounded. Dex was really good. Henry Coleman was really good in the second half rebounding. There's a big stretch where they were able to hold Missouri to, I think, a 10 or 11 missed shots in a row. So um, Missouri was a team I had a lot of question marks about. I think we all agree Alabama-Tennessee, very good. Two different styles in how they play. Nate Oates' club wants to really score. Rick Barnes' team's top five in scoring defense in the country. But then there's a lot of question marks. Arkansas is one and three. They were a top ten program two weeks ago. Um, I don't know what to make of Auburn. Um, they don't have a three-point shooter. Um, they've got some interesting pieces. Uh, Georgia's two and one under Mike White. Um, <laughs> and, with the, and their losses, the only one is at Flip Florida. Flips SEC teams, and all um, of a sudden they have a win. You know, record. Todd Golden in Florida, two and two. That's the Aggies will face next Wednesday. And then you got this whole deal with LSU, Mississippi State, Kentucky, Arkansas, who had good starts. They're all one and three in the league. So um, South Carolina's winning Kentucky by far the, the, the most – uh, interesting win of league Maybe play so far. Surprising, team, yeah. yeah. Team who got drilled by Tennessee 
the, yeah. night, the weekend that before. Was by 40. Yeah. At home. Yeah. It came back. And they so. go to Rupp and win. So yeah. it got your attention as the Aggies go there for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. So, but for a while going into conference play, you talked about how the Aggies, so good at home, struggled on the road. Uh, they can lock you down at home. They don't allow a lot of points at home, but maybe they've allowed some on the road. But then maybe they changed a little of that rhetoric when they go get the road win at Florida to start SEC play. So you kind of get a little belief. You get a visual. Okay, they can play on the road, and they'll have to take that act out to Columbia, South Carolina this weekend. Because when I watched Missouri, you know, at one point they were, I think, one of 17 from behind the arc. And then they hit a few mm-hmm. down the stretch during that during that comeback. But overall – I watch Missouri, and I'm kind of thinking on Wednesday, like, well, they're not making any shots. But then you think, well, how much of that has to do with the Aggie defense? Because I think that's what they're predicated on, just make you extremely uncomfortable offensively. And that's how the Aggies – that's the M.O. That's kind of the top ingredient to the recipe, the way they play defense. And they just don't let you get comfortable. Even if you get a good look, it's like you've almost – exhausted so much energy on that possession to, to find an open man. <laughs> you know, it's almost like they take tired shots because you just exhaust that offense each time they bring it up the floor. Yeah, defense is always so much fun for me in basketball. And, I mean, you again, Will, you were here too when Gillespie was here, and that was sort of what they hung their hat on. I didn't and mind seeing a 46-43 win on March 1st, 2006. Yeah, it wasn't know, bad, even though you almost got run over. <laughs> well, yeah. it was worth it. That yeah. would have been worth it, too. I think we said, uh-oh, we need to move out of the way. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that uh, – you can you can pretty much always bring your defense to the park or to the – and that's in all sports, you know, football, basketball, baseball. But you can bring your defense to the arena and you keep yourself in games. I mean, we'll talk a little bit about the women later in the show, Will, but they did that last night with a team that was – I thought had them vastly overmatched. They brought that defense – and kept themselves in the game. So that's where I like, even if you're having an off night from shooting, you play hard defense like that, you grind it out, you keep yourself in the ball game and see what happens. I, I, um, I'm I, excited to see how this uh, how this season plays out. Long way to go, but uh, really, uh, really a fun turnaround. I guess I want to call it a turnaround, maybe a little bit too dramatic, but a really fun start to SEC play. Uh, for the Aggies. The other thing I was going to mention this team, the, I think a fast start in Columbia. We talked about a lot non-con, how they struggle to get off to fast starts. They've done it in league play. A&M's only trailed for like five minutes the entire part of league play, first three games. Wow, yeah. Where, when was it? Wasn't it all against Missouri? Was it not? I believe it was. They a, briefly fell behind about one or two at Florida. Florida early. Yeah. The first half of Florida was when it was down. I think it down around eight or ten points early yeah. and they came back. Did they trail Didn't trail LSU very much against LSU, LSU yeah. at all. So, yeah. Maybe got down one in the second half for a yeah. brief moment. Yeah. So, it's been a good uh, – uh, uh, the switch has been flipped, which has been good to start off fast. Yeah, it's interesting to be that in control. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, you got up 21 – on Wednesday, early in the second half, Missouri cuts it to four. But you often hear coaches talk about why it's so valuable, that healthy lead early in the second half. Even if they're going to cut it to four, how much energy they, are they exhausting just to get close again? And then you saw what the Aggies did, ran away with it at the end of the game. You know, I mean, Missouri, it just it's so tiring in the college game to try to come back. You don't have the extra eight minutes Mm-mm. like an NBA game. So you cut a lead from 20 to five, say, you know, shave 15 points off your deficit. It is so exhausting to a team to do that. And that's why it's so benefit beneficial the fast start the Aggies got off to 
on Wednesday, like you say, need to do it again tomorrow in Columbia. Well, and uh, to me the most important thing is now the Aggies have their two for two in protecting their home floor. Yeah. And that in this league. Well, you got the road win in your pocket too. Exactly. So to me, you do whatever you need to do to protect your home court and pick off where you can pick off on the road. And usually if you can play very well at home and go around 500 on the road, you're going to be in a great spot for a postseason berth. That's the thing to me, like LSU, tough opponent, took care of business, no problem. Missouri comes in here. That's a top 20 team coming in on your home floor, took care of it. So, and you got a big one against Florida. It's going to be a great crowd next uh, Wednesday uh, for that one. But you got one, like you said, at Florida. So let's see if you can back that up with uh, with one here in, in Colonial Life. And that team's struggling. But I'll tell you what, that's a that's a sneaky, tough place to play. They've had some uh, – they tend to get pretty good crowds over there. They can get pretty loud. So, but, again, the Aggies come out and play the way that, that we've seen them play these last few days. I think they're going to be in a great spot. And going into conference play – it was almost like you thought the Aggies had to get off to a quick start in these first five games because then the difficulty was coming yeah. after that. But does that ring true anymore because of what we just talked about? Like we said, Alabama and Tennessee aren't coming till way late in the SEC yeah. schedule. And even after this stretch of the first five, like we said, it's still a jumbled mess of anybody can beat anybody night in and night out well for sure there there's some um i'm not gonna say that i i'm i wouldn't lose, gain or lose any more sleep but the end of the end of the january schedule where you go at kentucky at auburn vanderbilt who's two and two in the league jerry stackhouse is more one of the more longer tenured coaches in the league now if you really think about it because i think he's been there three years and we've got like seven <laughs> coaches in their first year the, uh, in the, the old, league the old dean yeah the old <laughs> three dean, years yeah. seems like yeah. it's like i mean and buzz is in the in the top half of that echelon yeah, around there a, long, a long time so this is year four so uh but you know going to kentucky auburn playing vanderbilt at home and then getting a an Arkansas team who is extremely talented uh, at, uh, on the road in, in Bud Walton to close out the month of January. It's a tough close, I think, depending on what those other three teams that we play on the road, what they're like at the end of the month and what they find. Yeah, and it, what is it? Cal would be the dean of – Yeah, Cal's CC the dean. Coach Cal, this is your yeah, – I mean, think this is your 14 for Cal? Yeah, because you had a decent amount of coaching changes last year. You know, Rick Barnes hadn't been that around that while. I, <laughs> so, I mean – Got to be Cal. Well, Mike White is. I mean, he yeah, two different schools, you, but he hadn't been as long Mike as White. Cal. I know that. Maybe yeah, I guess it would go. Dean. I guess I it would know. go Cal, Bruce Pearl, and probably oh, Rick Bruce Barnes. Pearl. Yeah, because he goes from Tennessee to Auburn. Yeah, yeah. so there's, Pearl's there's for sure. Auburn was fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but no, I think that's the key: is how you know what is Kentucky like in two weeks, and what what is Auburn know, like yeah, in two it, weeks? When do you get? When do you catch somebody? Where do you catch them? I mean, it's it's. I've kind of thrown out that. Oh, you got to start quick in these first five because yep. you know it is it's so evenly matched and it and i know it's cliche but the way this league works i mean goodness gracious just take it game by game because when florida comes in here yeah you beat them on the road they may be completely different when they roll into college nation next week for sure so uh, that's just the way it works in sec basketball right now but we're off and running it on the other side of the break you will hear from buzz williams from the saint joseph health post game show after the Missouri win on Wednesday night at Reed Arena. And Coach Williams and the Aggies are heading to Columbia, South Carolina today. They will take on the Gamecocks at 5 o'clock tomorrow. Tip time is 5 o'clock from Colonial Life Arena. But you'll hear from Buzz after the win over Missouri on Wednesday on the other side of the break on The Zone. 
Welcome back at Studio 12 on a Friday from the south end zone of Kyle Field. Hope you're looking forward to a nice weekend. Men's basketball on the road tomorrow at South Carolina. Women's basketball at home at Reed Arena on Sunday at 2 o'clock against Mississippi State. That's hoops for your Aggies this weekend. ANCO is a proud partner of Texas A&M Athletics and here to provide independent, client-focused, and value-driven solutions for all your insurance needs. Visit ANCO.com. Well, the men, they're coming off an 82-64 win over Missouri, 20th-ranked Missouri at that, and the Aggies are 3-0 in the SEC. They're 11-5 overall as they take a five-game win streak out to Columbia to take on South Carolina tomorrow. Again, that one will tip off at 5 o'clock, and 4.30 is the Dos Equis tip-off show. Now, after the Missouri win, Buzz Williams caught up with Andrew Monaco and Dr. John Thornton on the St. Joseph Health postgame show. Here's a clip of Buzz with the radio crew after the victory over nationally ranked Missouri. Buzz Williams with us, and Coach, you describe this victory for us. Well, I, I think a lot of it has to do with what's going on prior to the game. Um, all success is a lagging indicator. And I think that since Christmas, what's transpired relative to the results has been what has been going on in between the games. Um, I think our staff has been as good as I've ever seen in regards to completely knowing the opponent, but then knowing what part of the game plan to give to our players. And then of that part, knowing what is most important to practice. And I think that we've changed the itinerary of our days. I think that's been a part of it. But I I don't uh, think that any of that matters if our guys don't play with the effort and the togetherness that they have been playing with since Wofford. And I think that they were embarrassed. We were very immature in how we handled November the 7th to December the 20th. We have multiple all-league academic guys. They understand and understood the hole that we've dug. And they have been very accountable for their work mentally, physically, and emotionally. And I think that the prep by the adults and the work by the young adults has been as good as we probably have had uh, since we've been here. 12 from Florida, 12 from LSU, Mm -hmm. the number one offense in the country. Mm -hmm. 12 of their 15 games entering tonight, they had scored over 80 points. They play untraditional offensively. They play even more untraditional defensively. The number one team in the country at creating live ball turnovers. And uh, there was for sure a stretch in the second half where we didn't handle all of their multiple defenses well. But for a team that plays faster than anybody in the league, the pressure that we put on the rim, offensive rebounding, 
the pressure we put on the rim on post feeds, the pressure we put off on the rim off penetration led to free throw makes. And uh, if, if uh, we did turn it over too many times, six in the first half, 12 in the second half. But for the game, uh, it was 38.5% offensive rebounding percentage. And for the game, it was 78.5% defensive rebound percentage. If for some reason we could have played and not had 12 turnovers in the second half, those percentages would have been even more. And as we talked, I think, initially in pregame, that was Volcano Rock number one. Mm -hmm. And so... You wanted 40 and 80. Yeah, and you approached I, that. Yeah, uh, 40 slash 80 equal sign the 100 emoji sign. You know how the, <laughs> it's red and kind of at a slant? Coach Thornton doesn't know, but you know. <laughs> You're right. I'm just nodding. Yeah. We're, we're, we joked with one another, if you pick up the paper, and I don't know if people do that, and you see 18-point game, you have no idea the roller coaster this game was. Yeah, you know, I thought I – thought, um, I thought we were really good uh, in the first half on the things that we thought impacted winning. And I thought uh, we played to the scouting report collectively at a really high level. And it didn't start great in the second half. I think we lost the first media by one, but it was tentative. Mm. And then that next eight minutes, it was – uh, the turnover rate was way too high in that eight-minute segment. Some of it was casualness. Some of it was th the constant change. Some of it was we're trying to handle time score, momentum, time of possession the right way. Um, but to our guys' credit, and I just mentioned it to them, even when it was yucky, <laughs> It that's wasn't. A, that's a good word. It wasn't completely a meltdown. Right. right. It was yucky. Mm -hmm. They realized it was yucky, and they they played through it. Yeah. And they were in their own way, not into themselves on what was wrong, and they were trying to hold one another accountable. And I think I called the one timeout in that eight minute stretch. And you could argue, I could have called the second one and the staff was saying, call it. And I go, yeah, I, I agree, but I'm not. Cause we need to grow up right. on this. Yeah. And we need to, we need to fight through it. That's Buzz Williams from the St. Joseph Health post game show after the victory over Mizzou, Aggies 82, Tigers 64. The Aggies get a win over a nationally ranked team at home. Five straight victories for the men, 3-0 and in SEC play, and they'll take that out to Columbia. Five o'clock tip tomorrow between A&M and South Carolina, 4.30, Dos Equis tip-off show. We are back with more in the south end zone of Kyle Field on this edition of Studio 12 right after this on The Zone. We welcome you back and played a little musical chairs. We told Matt to step out. And the uh, noblest man Kyle has to offer, Thomas Dick, has stepped in. And he joins Tyler Pig and myself, Will Johnson. So, Matt, Matt's never man enough to be on when I'm on. What is the deal with that? I don't know. Are you scared? I think he's scared. He's scared. 
Yeah. Uh, it took us about 20 seconds for you to drop a not man enough <laughs> reference <laughs> with your Jacksonville jumbo shrimp hat on yeah. today. How many, I don't know if I just designated to the minor leagues, but how many hats do you have probably, in the collection? Probably around 20. It's all minor league baseball? Minor league, co- some colleges, but you can't wear a college hat to here. Right. If I'm off getting. You're Kyle's noble man. You can't be wearing yeah, some other yeah, like yeah, if, I, yeah. if I'm I mean, off on yeah. a barbecue run, I'll throw on my uh, Baldwin Wallace college Well, that's hat. your alma mater, and yeah, yeah. I'm still waiting for my Baldwin Wallace hat. <laughs> Tyler <laughs> TP's waiting for his. No, I've still got my set of Troy Trojans baseball hats, yeah, so I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. Troy, the Cure Bowl champions. Cure Bowl champs. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, ranked ninth, 12, the most in the state of Alabama. 12 wins. And ranked 19th in the top AP poll. For top topping first. the Tide and the Tigers and South Alabama. Well, South Alabama had a good South year. South Alabama had a good year. Shout out to Kane Womack and the Jags. Yeah, that's not such a young but football Troy player. is the Alabama state champion. This yeah, year. 12. You know, did Alabama get to? No, they finished they 11. 11. 11. K-State yeah. was 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, very, very big. You know, I'm the G5 homer of this That's podcast, right. I guess. Well, so. you got to support your alma mater. Yeah. yeah. You have, absolutely have to. And if you're a sicko and you watch <laughs> Toledo versus Bowling Green on a Tuesday night, you might as well support all of them. So. <laughs> That's a great segue to where Thomas was this holiday Yeah, true. Yeah, Speaking Thomas, of bowls. Thomas has worked for two sets of Aggies. Yeah. The Texas A&M Aggies here. You were once with the New Mexico State Aggies. Yes, I was. Back Over in the in uh, late Las 90s. Lou, Lou Henson uh, hoop action. Oh, yeah. yeah. Lou Henson was the head. Were you the SID for Lou Henson? I, I was secondary. Okay. Well, they're your primary and secondary for every sport. Because <laughs> 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 they, like, they have like two SIDs uh, back when I was there. Um, so yeah. you showed support for the other set of Aggies well, in I'm the quick tell lane you, bowl. The, my two weeks home in Ohio for Christmas, first week we're snowed in, second week everyone's sick, like ear infection, nose infection. The only thing I got to do was drive to Detroit. <laughs> That's funny. My getaway was my escape to, to Detroit. Detroit. <laughs> I, got, I got to go to... It's usually not the way that goes. Yeah. I like to call it Fayette-Troit. Um, <laughs> So I got the Fayette Troy for the Quick Lane Bowl. And well, I the, New the New Mexico State Aggies against Aggies. Bowling Green. And I got, yeah, against Bowling you Green. You attended one of my boycott Yeah, balls. two six and sixteen. Yeah, I could not take part in that. But I'm glad you went. Yeah, you know. You sent me a picture. Yeah, pull for the Aggies. Yeah. Since I boycotted it, I do have to add, they won the game. They won the game. They did win yeah. the game. Almost dramatic fashion in front of 20,000. How was the just the Quick Lane Bowl experience? Would you recommend? I mean, it's it? a nice it's a nice football stadium. Mm-hmm. It's home of the Lions and Dan home Campbell of the Lions man. and uh Bowling Green wasn't far away, so they traveled. So there was more people there the than I thought. The picture you sent me that had some orange in it. I've been there so. years when uh, Maryland played Boston College in front of like 6,000. So it was a nice <laughs> like 22,000. So, I'm starting to sense TP Thomas's annual getaway from his family in Ohio is is usually that trip up to Detroit oh, wait, for the, you, for the, for the quick, quick lane, lane bowl. You load the nephews in the car and you can get tickets for 7 bucks. So, you know, you're a hero yeah. uncle. That, that was always great. the running joke 
book and my family I may have shared it on our pre-December podcast. I grew up like an hour from Montgomery. And for you people out there that watched a lot of TV in the 90s on Christmas Day, there's this thing called the Blue Gray Classic <laughs> yes. from live from Crampton Bowl. Used to watch it. <laughs> yeah. And share that on ABC. I Christmas thought, Day yeah. on ABC. That was the running joke in the family for us. Hey, Dad, did we get tickets to the Blue Gray game, which has now morphed into the Camellia Bowl, which is played the, yes. either the day after Christmas or yeah. the, the day before Christmas. So, yeah. Yeah, that's our running joke now. Is uh, <laughs> Now there's some grandkids is in the family. Hey, are we, we taking everybody down to Montgomery for the uh, well, Camellia Bowl? Your kids to now take part in the family tradition. Correct. Yeah. 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 No, lo- no longer the Blue Gray, but yeah, can we get to yeah. the Camellia Bowl? Then, if you think more about it, the Blue Gray game is really uh, um, one in itself and like in our era of NIL and people opting out of bowl games and stuff. Like, could you imagine telling a kid from a 4-8 and eight team, hey, you can play in the Blue Gray game <laughs> on Christmas. Because it was. It was the all-star game yeah, for non-bowl did not make bowl, bowl games. games yeah. Although I watched the – don't ask me why. I watched the 1984 Holiday Bowl the other day because I wanted to see a good national championship game. <laughs> <laughs> BYU against Michigan. And they were talking about the – because it was played on December 21st. Yeah. So BYU players were playing in – so. Probably the only time a yeah. national champion ever played in a blue-gray game. Because yeah. of how early the holiday bowl is yeah. yeah, we were talking about that game yesterday. You were asking if that would have been my old boycott. But Michigan was 6-5 and five in yeah, that game. Yeah, with an injured Jim That's Harbaugh. above 500. Yeah, it is. I'll allow it. Allow you can it. watch it. So, <laughs> so uh, this is an Aggie show, though. Let's talk about some Aggie Well, stuff. Thomas now, our, our feature writer on 12thman.com, and we were discussing the Wednesday win over Missouri, and, yeah. and you dove into that victory on 12thman.com. Yeah, like I got the halftime box score, and like we dominated a lot of stuff on that box score. But the thing I noticed – like just popped right out was I think the rebound margin was 24 to 12. So mm -hmm. it's uh, like Missouri's a team that likes to play fast and get in the rhythm. Well, if you miss your first shot and you don't get a second shot, it's hard to get in a rhythm. And uh, buzz is uh, emphasizes five man rebounding. Like it takes five guys to get a rebound. Mm -hmm. And I, I think they, did that on uh, Wednesday, and they, for the most part, they've been doing it. You know, Florida. I don't think they had the rebounding margin, but they were they were playing good defense all the way around. So, just uh, you know, crash the crash the boards. I here's what I like it, when I'm watching basketball. I want to see uh, like three things: don't take stupid shots or do stupid stuff on offense. Um, grab rebounds, play good defense. You Make do that them and take the stupid shot. Yeah. You get the board, and they're one and done on their yeah. possession. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you can dive into it on 12thman.com. Feature article by Thomas Dick after the win over Missouri. So so that's one Columbia down. Yeah. Now you head out to the other Columbia, the, the, the like TP said, the Eastern time zone Columbia. And uh, I, I can't have you on. For the uh, Bonham Cup trophy. Is this- <laughs> Part two. Part two. Well, wait. We can get it back because yeah. we lost it for the first time yeah. in football. I mean, we go over there and just get it right back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't have it right now. So, what is Carolina's version of the Alamo? Isn't it? Where, where do they keep it? Uh, like Lexington and Concord, probably. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got something over there. But. You can find that on my other podcast when we review Revolutionary War books. But. <laughs> <laughs> but Look, if any Aggies are out there, and you have plenty of Aggies all over the country, or if anybody wants to travel to a basketball game, Thomas Dick always had you covered where to eat in the Southeastern yeah. Conference. Yeah. 
And Columbia's got some some good barbecue. I've experienced some of it, but not as much. Uh, I think you've been to more. And well, and this is barbecue for people who aren't meat snobs. I will yep. eat any meat. Uh, these people, ah, Texas barbecue, blah, blah, barbecue pie. <laughs> what you he's know. saying is they serve pork there in Plethora. Exactly. Is what he's saying. Exactly. <laughs> well, don't. Well, here's rule number one: never order brisket east of the Sabine River, and you're safe. Good. Yeah. Legit, yeah. Go pork once you cross the river. Yeah, uh, is that what we're okay. doing? You'll be right. okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, uh, peg leg porker. Yeah, it's yep. a, it's a down, it's a like down in the weeds, like homey place. You're mm-hmm. not gonna get like uh, fancy uh, folded napkins and stuff at this place, but really good barbecue there. Uh, we mentioned Southern Belly. If you're into uh, sandwiches. Southern, Southern Belly, to, I've been to, and that is a good barbecue sandwich. If you want a really yeah. good uh, barbecue sandwich. And uh, what was the, you mentioned the place? Uh, we went this year for when we were there for football, uh, Midwood Smokehouse. Yes. Great. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, actually, really good brisket burn-ins, seriously. And, uh, they, and phenomenal wings. Wing. I um, had the wings. They, they, they had were good. great pulled pork, but they had phenomenal brisket burn-ins, actually. And their wings, I love smoked wings. They were phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. so if people really want to get yeah. out of Rolodex, because you can go here for football, especially since there are Bonham Trophy uh, rivals. <laughs> well, we got to see what the schedule's going to look like with these new additions. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. So <laughs> jot these places down, and it doesn't just have to be for a basketball trip. Um, you could baseball. Be, nothing better. Like Did a, a baseball people, trip. If baseball mm-hmm. trips, to me, baseball, softball trips are the yep. best because you're yep. actually there for three or four days. You can try the restaurants. Try the restaurants. It's not like a football weekend where it's jam-packed and you can't yeah. get in anywhere. So I, <laughs> like Chuck Glenwinkle, probably the best baseball SID to ever come through Texas a <laughs> He, his family. Just, are you putting yourself number two? I am number. One of them sitting right over there, no, too. I, 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 always, I always consider Matt uh, Simon at number two you're three uh, so, uh, so i'm three but maybe four hey number uh, two adam quizmer is pretty good all right and ben Riker's oh. probably already passed me oh, just... but he picks that i don't know if they still do it but when we first joined the yeah. sec his family would go on a right. one one road trip every year and it's a good way to like football you're just there for the I don't want to say you're just there for a football game, but you probably are. Yeah. But the, you get to experience the whole town. I'm going to throw out a place. It's across the river. I don't know how to pronounce the town. Case? C-A-Y-C-E. In South Carolina, you South mean, Carolina. for this trip? Yeah, the basketball Right trip? across the river, place called the Kingsman Restaurant. Really, really, really good pimento uh, cheeseburger. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Just don't be scared by South Carolina barbecue and their love for mustard and their barbecue yeah. sauce. Mm-hmm. It's not that bad. Don't You don't have to have it. It's, yeah. That's what scares people off is the vinegar and the mustard. Yeah. But, but see, I'm with you because with baseball and softball about to crank up, yeah. February's right around the corner, and that's when those seasons will get going. Take a baseball or softball trip and spend a weekend in an SEC town. It's kind of why – I've enjoyed Auburn so much because I've been to two baseball trips yep. in Auburn, yeah. tried all the restaurants. They're phenomenal. I usually don't get to a restaurant on a football weekend yet, TP, because he knows Auburn so well. He got me to Mama Goldberg's for the first time. <laughs> we did. Before this year's Auburn yeah. football game. and I, I That was a real treat because rarely do I get to – an opposing school or opposing town restaurant on a football game. Yeah. Like, well, four, got in. four hours for kickoff. Right. Right. <laughs> well, we a got lot of there. times you can't stay in an opposing team town on a oh, football yeah. weekend. Yeah, so, I mean, 
mm-hmm. do, do yourself a favor. Look at uh, go to twelfthman.com. That's our website, correct? That's correct. <laughs> Still and, is. Uh, <laughs> check out the baseball and the softball schedule and pick out a weekend. Uh, and then let us know you're going, and you know, coach will wave to you or whatnot. Look, uh, baseball mm-hmm. this year, their road set of SEC games are really good. Do you get a Knoxville? Good food in Knoxville. The Sun Sphere's there. I went to the 82 World Sphere as a That's youth. Right. We could talk about that someday. <laughs> Auburn, good places. Fine yeah. dining and local. Yeah. At Kentucky, downtown Lexington has some very good places. Really? I would recommend downtown Lexington to late, a lot of people. Low-key great sushi in uh, Lexington. That I would and not And I'll pick. also say Italian. Yeah. Yeah. In downtown Lexington. And then uh, last trip to, to Fayette Vegas. Fayette. And a lot of good Bright's Barbecue. Shout out to those guys. Fantastic place. I feel in like Fayette. we're missing a town. Isn't there another one? No. Oh, and that, in Starkville, the close. Yeah. Oh, Starkville, yeah. Starkville's an underrated town. So you got Fayette Vegas, Fayette Troit, <laughs> a rivalry. Arkansas and Michigan need to play to settle this. That's true, yeah. Game. They did one time in the Sugar Bowl. Well, yeah, you, they play in the Sugar, the Mount Relia Quest, the yep. Gator, the Citrus, whatever. They got a lot of ties. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're back in just a bit, and we will close out this Friday edition of Studio 12 from the south end zone of Kyle Field. And as always, it's right here on The Zone. Wrapping up the Friday edition of Studio 12. Uh, Will has uh, given up uh, control of the show here. Uh, to yours truly, back on the air. Thomas and uh, Tyler with us here for segment four. But I feel like I'm in the uh, – like it's like a fi- I'm taking a final or something because he's sitting right there watching our yeah. every move, trying to make sure we we do what we're supposed to. Well, I I was hoping you would have like intro wrestling music so I could be like, oh my gosh, that's Matt Simon's music. He's, he's not, not even, even <laughs> supposed to be here because we were just talking about how you weren't man enough to be on the same time I was. Well, here we are. Yeah. This is what the people have called like, for. They've uh, demanded it. Yeah. Uh, women's basketball, by the way, home on Sunday against Mississippi State. That is the Aggies' 50th anniversary of Title IX game. That game tips at 2 o'clock uh, at Reed Arena. Thomas and I were at the game last night, the Aggies in Tennessee. And to be honest with you, I'm continually impressed, Thomas, by It's not not just, you know, puffing out the chest type thing here. I'm just continually impressed by the effort this group, these kids are putting in. Uh, if you If you're paying attention to the team this year, you understand what they're going through. Seven healthy players with a couple of very key injuries, and they are playing in this league, and they continue to fight and claw and scrape and grind. On paper, they should have lost yesterday by about 25 or 30 to a very good Tennessee team, and they it was a two-possession game with about two and a half to three minutes to play. i just continually impressed by what Joni Taylor and that staff and the kids have been doing over there. Yeah, and like last night you could see – like the defense was just phenomenal, and they had a game plan. The Tennessee, there's one of them. Twenty five, number twenty five. Yeah, so she's going to be like a top five WBA. Yeah. yeah, they had a game plan where I think they noticed that uh, she's a little loosey goosey with the ball, and they nabbed five steals from her. They they made her look pedestrian. Uh, she was five for fifteen. Uh, one of the bench girls ended up going nine for sixteen and and picked up. But for most of the game, they had Tennessee shooting under forty percent. They forced twenty turnovers, and uh, it makes you wonder, you know, if they have Janiah. Even last night, I think if they have Sahara, they probably win that game because towards the end it was just the the. <laughs> 
we needed more big players and we didn't have them yep. yeah. and they took advantage down the stretch and were able to pull away there at the end but yeah just phenomenal defense every game and first quarter when it hey our players are fresh and their players are fresh it's a even ball game every time uh, i think on the season even uh they're only getting outscored despite being what's the record now five and ten five and nine they're only being outscored by three points total in the first quarter when it's us fresh, them fresh. So yeah, and I think that I mean that bodes super well for the future. Defense way ahead of the offense, but once the offense catches up, I watch out. Yeah, I again uh, not flushing this year. I mean these kids and and you know they're out there playing, they're trying to win ball games, but it gets me excited as you said moving forward as well because. There is a process. There is a plan. And Joni, which I love, is sticking her heels in the ground saying, no, this is how we're going to do it. And I love the way that they are coaching this team. They're not coaching the team like, okay, this is how I want to play. I don't have the personnel to do that. What they're doing is maybe it's I want to play this way, but it's here's our personnel. Here's what we can do. It is very obvious this team is going to have trouble scoring all year. That just And you heard them last night. The kids were talking about it in the postgame. So that's not – their strength but they said we hang our hat on defense every single day and i thought it was a very impressive effort frustrating the hell out of tennessee i mean i, I was we were sitting by the bench it was just you could tell how frustrated the their team was that's a team that's undefeated yeah. in league play and a uh, quick soundbite for you uh Joni after the game yesterday just talking about how impressed how proud she is of, of what her team's going through we're getting better we're getting better um we're we're getting we've been fighting and we're continuing to fight and uh we're getting better in those situations i just can't say enough how proud i am of our seven that are doing everything it is we ask and are locking in i thought we were excellent defensively tonight i thought we got really good looks offensively you know the, the, we didn't make those shots all the time got some to go down in the fourth quarter you know, but I think they can see, like, if we continue to trust the process, we're, we're doing the right things, and we've just got to stay the course. But just extremely proud. That's a really good team we're playing. Tennessee's really, really good. And, um, again, just we didn't – when we got tired – we got tired tonight too, but when we got tired, we didn't cave into fatigue. All right, that's Joni Taylor following yesterday's uh, loss to Tennessee. The Aggies at home again. To wrap up this homestand, Sunday at 2 o'clock, Mississippi State, the opponent at Reed Arena. And uh, Tyler, another th- big thing going on this weekend uh, outside of uh, the actual team, the competing A&M teams is the NFL playoffs and uh, several Aggies mixed in there as well. But uh, uh, this could be an interesting little, uh, little postseason action here for sure. Yeah, there's some uh... – Interesting storylines. You know, Von Miller's not active, but if the Bills somehow make the playoffs, he would have three straight Super Bowl rings. It's a pretty cool storyline. Uh, you get Mike Evans versus Donovan Wilson on Monday night in the big show on Monday Night Football. So that's an interesting matchup to watch. Are you uh, me they put the Cowboys versus Tom Brady on Monday Night Football? It's like someone's thinking. Yeah, but wise. you know, if you followed NFL media rights, like basically the story was this week was like if Joe Buck and Troy Aikman weren't calling that game, that game's played on NBC on Sunday night. <laughs> so they they you can tell that's helped. Uh, I tell you the one I'm really curious to watch 
is Christian Kirk and the Jags. If you've watched the Jaguars, they are immensely approved. Christian had his first uh, thousand-yard season in the NFL. Got close last year with the Cardinals. Moved to Jacksonville this year and has been really good for Trevor Lawrence, kind of his number one receiver. Um, and Doug Peterson and that group's uh, has done a really really nice job. And then the Bengals. So I think. Mike could upset the Bills if you've watched a lot of the Bengals lately. Uh, uh, Travion Williams has is, is got a little bit of a run last couple of weeks with those guys. Um, and he's, on the, he's had another good year with the Bills when he's had some action. So a um, couple of guys to highlight there. But uh, be curious to see uh, how it all goes for the NFL playoffs to get going tomorrow. I believe at like 3 o'clock. You know, you know my thoughts on the NFL playoffs this year? <laughs> Go ahead and share them. <laughs> There's 14 teams in the playoffs. I've watched them all play multiple games. Probably 12 out of those 14 teams, uh, or not 10 out of those 14, I've seen play multiple terrible games, which leads me to believe that I think the NFL is a little watered down. So you've watched it, you've watched the Minnesota Vikings a couple times this yeah, year, is like, what you're saying? Well, like the only four of the teams I think are good. Yeah, I'm just throwing that out there. Well, and the other the the pseudo tie for me, which is one of the reasons I'm a I'm watching the Bengals closely. Zach Taylor, yep. their head coach. Ties here to Texas A&M, obviously quarterbacked at Nebraska, but his first four seasons in coaching was as a GA slash, mm-hmm. you know, kind of grad assistant type here under Mike Sherman. So uh, always fun to see Zach uh, have all that success as well. So NFL playoffs uh, kicking off as well. And uh, before you know it, the Diamond Sports will be here February the 9th on the softball diamond, February the 17th at Bluebell Park. All right, uh, that'll do it for us. I think Will hasn't thrown anything at us, so I think it's a serviceable segment. Well, I always call this show the Matt Simon and Friends Hour, so, like, when you're not on, like... Well, we got to find friends first. Yeah. If you can find some <laughs> friends, then we can then we can work on that. All right, uh, that'll do it for us on this edition of Studio 12 here on The Zone.